Hello, everyone. I'm Matthew Freeman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to the Betting Pros Podcast brought to you by BetMGM, where you can get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000 when you use the highly original promo code BETTINGPROS with your first deposit. Here with me for a special Thanksgiving-themed episode is Pat Fitzmorris of Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. Fitz, uh, we're breaking down all three Thanksgiving games in this episode, and you felt that wasn't enough. You wanted to give even more actionable items to the people listening to this so we're also going to be ranking some thanksgiving foodstuffs uh i am i'm taking from that uh that you are a fan of the holiday do you have any big plans yeah just uh going up to my mom and stepdads with the family you know they're gonna have a a nice gathering some some other family members and friends it's gonna be maybe about 16 people or so and one dog and um yeah man like i don't want to overstate this friedman i i don't want to like oversell this podcast but if you listen to one thanksgiving day football gambling and food podcast i think this is the one you should listen to (laughs) okay well that that really is uh selling selling this premium uh fits why is it that you think this is going to be the one that people should listen to well, first of all, I mean, I'm going to be very exuberant in having this discussion about food because I've been uh, dieting throughout November and I'm going on a one <laughs> day go. hiatus. Like <laughs> yes. I, I was, you know how it goes, Friedman, we're chained to our computers throughout football season, right? Yeah. Like if I, if I didn't have a dog, I wouldn't get any exercise at all during the NFL season. And so, you know, I was feeling pretty fat at the end of October and like, I figured if I rolled into December fat and holiday eating. Like that was not going to go well. So I, I needed to uh, take off a few pounds going into December. So now I can just be an acceptable level of fat after the holidays and not morbidly obese. <laughs> That's great. Uh, okay. I So Fitz, as you know, the, and the, the people listening are already just like, get to the shows, like get to the game, get to the game. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to save, I'm going to save the food talk. Although that really is the part of the show that I'm excited about. We're going to talk about the games here. The first game, I gotta say, I love Thanksgiving as a holiday because you've got food, you've got football. In theory, maybe you have some family and friends. They're just that's that's an added bonus. And again, in theory, an added bonus. But lots of football, lots of food. It's I for me the best holiday of the year. And kicking it off, we've got the Bills at the Detroit Lions. I've always felt for that first game that is like, can we just always get a better team in here than the Lions? But the Lions have been like at worst interesting since uh, Dan Campbell took over as head coach. And then we're going to get to see the Bills uh, in intriguing circumstances, having just played at Ford Field as the quote unquote uh, home team because of Snowmageddon uh, in Buffalo this past weekend. But we have the Buffalo Bills at the Detroit Lions. This line is anywhere from nine and a half to 10, nine and a half at BetMGM, 10 uh, at DraftKings. And the over under is 54 and a half across the market. Oh man, that line has moved up. Uh, it was 52, I believe, when it opened. Uh, I think it was 51 in the look ahead market. Fitz, do you have any opinions on this game here? Yeah, I do. Um, so that's a lot of points. And granted, Buffalo has given up 25.3 a game in their last three. And we know that Detroit is, you know, their defense is a sieve. They're going to get consistently torched. But I just feel like this is too many points. I don't know if Detroit can hold up their end of the bargain against this Bills defense, which is getting healthier. 
Uh, they're not missing so many starters. Now it's possible they could be close to full strength for this one. And I don't know. I mean, the Lions defense did a terrific job of stuffing Saquon Barkley in week 11, but they didn't really have to worry about Daniel Jones torching them through the air. Uh, I don't think they're going to be that effective on defense against this, you know, multi-dimensional Bills offense. So um, I really like the Bills here. I, I don't think 10 points is enough. And uh, it's actually juiced towards the line at 10 points on DraftKings. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll take this one at minus 105 for the Bills because I, I kind of think the Bills are going to smoke them. No Jeffrey Okuda either for the Lions. Like the one guy in that secondary who can cornerback and I know uh, who can cover people. And I know you have said you think the Akuda effect is somewhat overstated, Friedman. But like not having Akuda there, <laughs> right. trying to trying to cover Steph Diggs and Gabriel Davis is like not a good situation to be in. So uh, I see that the Bills moving up and down the field pretty easily in this game. Yeah. So, man, I I mean, I have lots of reasons to hate myself, uh, you know, primary at this point of the year is that I'm, uh, you know, not eating any desserts and I didn't really think it through. I should have, I should have like, it, I should have anticipated and had the carve out for like, but Thanksgiving is the one day a year I, I get to eat the, 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 the delicious pies that we're going to talk about later, but okay. So I hate myself because I bet Detroit plus 10, uh, early on in the look ahead. And I bet the under 52 in the look ahead market. I should have anticipated, even though this has been a year of unders, I should have anticipated that this was going to move up, you know, Island game. It's not prime time, but it's the only game going on at that time. The first game of Thanksgiving, you've got the bills, you've got the lions who do have an explosive offense and a really bad defense. I should have anticipated that this number would move up and I shouldn't have bet it when I did, by the way, when I bet it 52, I logged it in the betting pros app where you can sync up with sports books. You can get free betting advice and picks. You can track different experts, line movement, your own bets, and you can, uh, of course, get sports betting alerts and we monitor all the major sports books so you can see which book is offering the best line on a bet at any given moment so download the app today in the apple or google play store nailed it just seamlessly integrated that into the analysis uh so i'm i'm upset with myself for betting this early uh and i gotta say initially i was on detroit at plus 10 if i hadn't bet it earlier I would probably be viewing this as a stay away and I'm, I'm still showing some slight value on Detroit, but that isn't really taking into account what I would say is now the likelihood of, uh, as you mentioned, some of these defenders coming back for the bills, Kair Elam got in a full practice on Tuesday. So it looks like he's going to return to action. Um, of course, also Jordan Poyer full practice, you know, he looks healthy, I'm not sure about Tremaine Edmonds or Greg Rousseau. And those are two important defenders, but you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I view this at this point pretty much where it probably should be nine and a half, 10, I think is fair. I'm with you. I am taking the under in this game. I just, again, I wish I wouldn't have been so, uh, I don't know. So on the ball. So, so desirous to jump on this, I, I should have known it would go up. Uh, so anyway, I, th I think we're on the same spot here of both being on the under. You do like Buffalo in this spot, though. I do. Um, does Jamison Williams' potential return move the needle? And and just to be clear, we don't have definitive word that Jamison Williams is going to be back. We know he's back at practice, 
but we don't know if he is going to actually dress and play for this game. Uh, I'm going to be skeptical that he actually suits up. And if he does suit up, I'm going to be skeptical that he plays a lot of snaps. And then even if he does play a lot of snaps, I'm going to be skeptical that uh, in his first game back from, you know, significant ACL injury, that he's able to play significantly better than DJ Chark. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think it moves the needle at all. The, the one thing that does give me a little bit of pause here underdogs still they continue to crush this year 91 69 and four against the spread and a, a nine and a half ten point underdog in their home field you know on short rest like but you know like they're used to playing the thanksgiving day game you have buffalo with the travel issues of they were going to be at home then they traveled to detroit then they traveled back home for some reason and then now they're traveling back to detroit I don't know. I feel like this number is probably right, but uh, if I had to bet aside, man, I, I don't know. I'd probably yeah. want to do Detroit and then I would hate myself for it. Uh, speaking of hating myself, uh, I'm a Cowboys fan. People know this. And uh, so Thanksgiving, this is sort of, it's my day, you know, the Cowboys national television, everyone has to watch them. Uh, they often win. And uh, man, nine and a half is the number that I, I'm seeing here for the Cowboys. Uh, let me make sure I'm seeing this right. It's actually nine at bet MGM, the, the outlier in the market here. Uh, so if you like the Cowboys, that's the place to do it. Uh, and remember at bet MGM, you can get that risk-free bet of up to a thousand dollars with the promo code betting pros with your first deposit nine, nine and a half, 44 and a half is the number for the total here. Uh, actually 45 and a half. Now it's moved up Fitz, Do you have any opinions on this game here? Yeah, normally, Friedman, I would like the team coming off the embarrassing loss going up against the team that won in a cakewalk and, and is feeling fat and happy and pleased with themselves. Um, but on Sunday, the Giants lost cornerbacks Adoree Jackson and Fabian Moreau. Um, they've got all sorts of injury issues on the offensive line, like Evan Neal, their, their stud rookie, is dealing with an injury. Uh, offensive right tackle Tyre Phillips has some sort of neck issue. Center John Feliciano has some sort of neck issue. And they lost Wandale Robinson, who tore his ACL. So they've got a lot of issues up front on offense. And this was like we saw the problems they had trying to get that running game going against the lowly Detroit Lions, who had been one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. And, uh, you know, they looked like the 2000 Ravens against the Giants last Sunday, like the the Giants just couldn't get anything going. And then we saw Daniel Jones kind of revert to um, like old Daniel Jones, the, the turnover factory. So, um, yeah, if they're made to be one dimensional, because with this makeshift offensive line, they can't get the running game going. That does not set up well for them because Daniel Jones, he's short on weapons to begin with. Some of his worst instincts kick in and, uh, you know, he takes some chances with throws that he shouldn't. So, man, like this Dallas defense, too, is so good. We saw them just in Kirk Cousins lap all game on Sunday, like they were just in his grill nonstop. Um, it's just a tough defense. Like I, I can't see the Giants being able to do business against this defense with any sort of consistency. So, man, like I, I feel bad taking favorites with all these big lines those aren't the bets i really like making but 
I'm taking another big favorite here, Friedman. I like Dallas, and I don't think this goes over. I think it stays under because I don't think the Giants can score enough points to push this game over. I'm with you on the under, and I, I do agree with that that thesis of the Giants. It's it's based on the Giants' offense going against the Cowboys' defense. I don't think they're going to be able to do enough to drive this game to the over. And then on the flip side, with the Cowboys, assuming they get out to a decent lead, I think they're going to run the ball. I think it will be, you know, Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, a very ground-based attack where they just control the game, grind out the clock. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I could see how the under hits, and I am showing value on the under. The thing is, when there's value on the under, there's also normally value on the underdog. And, you know, based on my number, I I have this at eight, and I I hate myself for it. And I, I don't like that number at eight. You know, like I would, you know, like Pirates of the Caribbean. It's like it's more of a guideline than an actual rule. <laughs> you know, like I don't, you know, like I, I I'm showing value, but like I don't buy this at all. Um, because as you mentioned, this is a significantly injured defense, and this is a team that hasn't had a lot of talent to begin with, and now they're really running thin. Uh, you know, with the injuries that they've had, and this is a total smash spot for Dak. Like Dak in division is 23 and eight against the spread for his career. Like he just destroys the teams that he knows Dak has a favorite. Uh, You know, people talk about how the Cowboys are a public team and maybe they tend to get inflated. I think that narrative is uh, a little bit of a falsehood, you know, like maybe the public tends to bet on the Cowboys more than they should, but like, I don't think that actually moves the lines all that much. What moves lines is when sharp bettors bet on a team that will move a line. But I don't think Dak has been inflated as a favorite. You know, historically, you can look at other other players who have been inflated as favorites. That's not the case with Dak. He's 36, 26, and two against the spread as a favorite. And as a favorite in division is 19 and six against the spread. So like this is this is the spot in which I just expect Dak and the Cowboys to crush whoever they're playing against. The thing is, Daniel Jones is also like he's good as a road dog, 13 and five against the spread as a road dog. If I had to, honestly, like I'm probably not going to bet. Uh, I'm not going to bet the side. I I haven't bet it yet. I probably will take the under on the total. Um, I'm going to wait just a little bit more to see if it moves up uh, because I could see it continuing to be bet up just with people wanting to have some Thanksgiving Day action. But I think the under is going to be the the bet that I make for this game. If I had to take a side, man, I, I would. It would probably be. I, I hate going against my number, so I don't know. I I wouldn't. I guess I'm just not going to bet a side. But if I had to bet a side, I think it'd have to be the Cowboys here because I just do not feel good about the Giants. I mean, if you want to get it at ten, if you wait, this game will go to ten. I would be willing yes. to guarantee right. it. The yeah. public, the public team thing is going to matter when people log on uh, log onto their computers on Thanksgiving morning and start hitting the Cowboys. Like the, this number is yeah. going up. I'm totally convinced of it. Yeah, that's fair. I, yeah, I could see it getting to 10. Um, and even then I just, I don't know if I'm going to want to, but if it gets to 10 and a half, I might take the giants, but I don't want to ruin my Thanksgiving by, uh, watching the giants cover. And I just, I, I don't want to do that. All right. The, the final game here, the nightcap that we have for Thanksgiving, the new England Patriots at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Who wants to watch this game? But uh, it's it's the only game on is Thursday Night Football. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're going to be watching it. Two and a half, three is the line out there. 
three minus one Oh five with the, uh, the Vikings favorite at bet MGM. There are some two and a halfs out there. So, you know, kind of in that 2.75 zone is where this number really is. And then 42 and a half is the over under that we're seeing here in the betting pros odds page fits thoughts on this game here. Yeah, you're right. I don't know if people do want to watch it. And uh, it's probably a good thing that we're going to be driving back. So I'm going to be listening on the radio and not actually seeing this. But um, I am kind of intrigued by the matchup, though. And I think most power rankings are going to tell you that the Patriots are the better team. I just don't know if I really believe it, Friedman. Like this Patriots passing game is so limited with Mac Jones, who realistically is probably the second best quarterback on the Patriots, uh, but they're sticking with them, I guess. I want to like the Vikings coming off that embarrassing home loss to the Lions, but I wouldn't be surprised if they stub their toe again. And I know, uh, like I was just talking to a friend of mine in Minneapolis today, like he totally expects them to stub their toe again on Thanksgiving. Um, They had major problems with pass protection in that blowout loss to the Cowboys and Dallas is number one in the league in pressure rate. And Oh, who's number two, the new England Patriots. And uh, now they come to town to pressure this Vikings offensive line. That's probably going to be without Christian Darrisaw again, a key component. Um, Yeah. And like, I also kind of wonder about Justin Jefferson's health. Like he's got this mild foot sprain and, you know, no, no problem, full practice. He's going to play, but like, is he the same guy with this foot sprain? Like he kind of got held in check. And I know that was because Kirk Cousins didn't really have time to throw, but I'm a little worried that maybe he's not wearing the Superman uh, ass on the front of his chest with this injury. So man. Um, but the other side, Friedman, big injuries for the Patriots on their offensive line, like David Andrews, their center and their team captain, like he's out for the season. Maybe Uh, he's got some sort of leg injury that they think could be season ending. I don't know if they have officially declared him out for the rest of the year, but he's definitely not going to play in this game. And they also lost Isaiah Wynn, their left tackle to a foot injury in the last game. Not sure about his status. I believe he's questionable. And we saw the Patriots struggle with the running game against the Jets this past week. So, you know, like the Jets run defense is better than the Vikings run defense, but without two starters in the offensive line, I don't know how well the Patriots are going to be able to control the line of scrimmage. I don't love this. Uh, I don't love either side in this. Uh, if I were forced to, to bet this and uh, I've already put a bet down without being forced, but I put a small bet down on the Vikings Friedman and I'm doing a clean sweep of the unders here. Like, I just don't think there's enough offense generated here with the Vikings going up against that really fierce uh, pass rush for the Patriots and uh, pretty good run defense too. And like, I, I just don't believe in the Patriots passing game, even though the Vikings can sort of be had in the secondary. So like the under here and a small lean towards the Vikings. Yeah, I, I like the under as well. I am impressed by that, um, that Patriots defense and it specifically, as you mentioned, their pass defense, uh, you know, they can, it's, it's like, you know, the combination of coverage and pass rush, but they're number one in, uh, you know, dropback EPA dropback success rate uh past dvoa on defense like they're like they're legit in in their past defense and 
they don't have a lot outside of Justin Jefferson. They don't really have a lot of established weapons uh, you know, in terms of pass catchers for the Vikings. Hawkinson has been impressive uh, in his few games there, but you know he's still new to the system. And I'm not really buying Adam Thielen at this point in his career. And without Christian uh, Derrissaw, you know, as you mentioned, out with a concussion, that is that is a significant loss because he's not just the best offensive lineman that they have; he's one of the best offensive linemen in the league. So, uh, yeah, I think I think we saw what Kirk Cousins last week looked like when he was under pressure. That was not that was not good at all. We have Kirk Cousins now in prime time, uh, which is you know like a little more of a meme than I think it probably should be, but it's it's not nothing, you know. So. Uh, we've got that and Bill Belichick, you know, road underdog 27, 13 and two against the spread for his career. And Kevin O'Connell, uh, like, I think he's, he's been fine as a head coach. Like he had, I don't, you know, I think we saw the Vikings get very exposed this past week. Uh, and to this point, I don't think we've seen anything that makes me think Kevin O'Connell, like this is the reason why they've been outperforming, you know, in these one score games, because Kevin O'Connell is great in this one specific situation, great in third and short, or, you know, aggressive and going forward on fourth down or like great, uh, in the red zone, anything like that. It just felt like they had a lot of variance. They had a lot of things breaking in their direction and that explained their record. Uh, so Kevin O'Connell. And the head coaching matchup against Bill Belichick, I think he loses. And part of it is that he's a rookie coach playing on short rest. And like, not even like from the, the player perspective, but from the coaching perspective, the game planning perspective, I trust Belichick, even if you think these guys have just four days to prepare. I trust Belichick on four days much more than I trust the rookie head coach on four days of planning. And I would say Belichick has been through this before. Like his staff is probably better prepared to look ahead and say, okay, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have four days. We need to start laying some foundation now for the game plan for that upcoming week. I would trust his staff to be able to plan further in advance than I would for the Vikings. So that also puts me a little more on the Patriots. I wish I had bet it when this number was was three, was like a clean three. Now it's a juiced three. So I'm probably going to be staying away from the side. If I have any action on this, it will probably be the under. But uh, yeah, I don't, I do not like the Vikings in this spot. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, well, I'm not with you because I'm betting the Vikings, but man, now you make me feel bad by bringing up the Kirk Cousins prime time thing. Like I'm betting <laughs> Kirk Cousins in prime time. Like what the hell am I doing? So uh, anyone considering that should really think twice. And uh, I wish you had warned me about that before I made that bet, Friedman. I mean, if only you could have looked at the schedule and seen that this was the evening game on Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right, let's let's get into some some food talk. Before that, uh, we're giving away a free sign Josh Jacobs Raiders jersey from Pristine Auction. If you want a chance to win it, subscribe to the Betting Pros YouTube channel right now. Comment below on the video, and we will announce a winner on the channel in a future episode. So turn on your notifications. Fits uh, pies, obviously. I think the main thing for Thanksgiving, at least for me, like, and I gotta say, Thanksgiving, like that is my holiday. Like I uh, I view food as like a sport. Like I love eating. Um, like I, 
I can eat pretty much nonstop. And sure, I will put on the weight, but for that one day, it is totally worth it. Um, but as you know, as you are aware, this season I've you know kind of gone on some sort of kick of like no desserts, uh, you know, at least five hours of sleep a, a night, which people are like, oh, that sounds ridiculous that it's so low of a baseline. But I need that baseline to make sure that there are some nights I get at least five instead of three. Um, you know, exercising some each day, uh, no alcohol. And I got to say like Thanksgiving, this, I, I really, in the future, when I do this, I think it's good, you know, to have the sort of self-discipline, but in the future, when I do it, I need to say I'm carving out one day, you know, for Thanksgiving and maybe one day for Christmas where I can eat desserts because pies, like I live for pies. Pies are my favorite thing in the world. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to partake this year, which is sad. But if you talk to me about all the pies you are going to be eating, then maybe I can vicariously enjoy Pie Fest. Well, you've re- already chased away all our listeners, Friedman, with your uh, tale of your monk-like existence during <laughs> yeah. football season. So, uh, but yeah, man, like I created this carve out for myself when I said I was going to be on a November long diet. Of course, I'm, I'm not sticking to that on Thanksgiving. Like I live for this stuff. So uh, I will be having sweets. Yeah, top pies. I mean, at at our place, it's going to be apple and pumpkin. I think yeah. like, but if forced to say, I think I like sweet potato pie a little bit more than pumpkin pie. All right, really, really close. Um, you know, I'm going to give an edge to sweet potato. I think it's just got a little bit more flavor. And um, you know, another big holiday pie that's that's way up there. I'm not sure if you're a pecan pie mm-hmm. guy, but like you know, my wife makes a really good one with uh, some bourbon mixed in and enough <sighs> that you can taste the bourbon. Yes, that's good stuff, man. And I was never a pecan pie guy until my wife started uh, baking these pies, and, and there, that there totally swung me over. So absolutely love that. Uh, so in the non-pie category, I really like the sweet potatoes with uh, marshmallows on them, or some people do yams, either one. I don't have a sophisticated palate. I can't really taste the difference. Uh, and then also like my mom would make a, uh, like a green bean casserole. I know like casseroles can kind of be like a bigger thing in the the Midwest. Uh, so I don't know if like people casserole it up your, your Thanksgiving, but like my mom, it's, it's the, I think like the one time a year she makes this casserole. So I just have this strong association of that casserole with Thanksgiving. I don't know if I really even like the casserole that much. It's just when I think of Thanksgiving, I think of that and there's some comfort there. Oh yeah. There's definitely, it's not like a regional thing or anything. I I think green bean casserole is sort of a staple for a lot of people, but let me ask you this Friedman. I'll give you a quick hierarchy of sides for me. The metal stand is uh, stuffing and like at our place, you know, my mom uses my my late grandmother's recipe, which is like pull the turkey organs from the turkey, grind it up, throw that stuff in the stuffing. Like a cardiologist would be like waving his hands like, no, don't eat that. And I don't care if I'm losing like a week off my life every time I eat stuffing at Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, just when I'm on my deathbed, remind me of the flavor of that stuffing and I'll die with a smile on my face. I'm totally cool with it. Number two, got to get something healthy in there. So, you know, Brussels sprouts, which is kind of like, it's like a carb disguised as a vegetable, which is great. You know, especially if you throw some uh, bacon bits in there, balsamic glaze, beautiful. Now, number three, like I just have to default to mashed potatoes. 
But this is only because, uh, you know, I grew up in, in Wisconsin and I don't think in the northern states, mac and cheese is really a thing for Thanksgiving, like for a Thanksgiving side. Now, mac and cheese is great. I mean, you're not going to get me to badmouth mac and cheese, throw some bacon bits in that, do some fancy cheese like Gruyere or Gouda, like just heaven, uh, better than ma mashed potatoes. But I just don't know if I can count on that as a Thanksgiving side because it's never been a thing with my family or a lot of other families I know from that part of the country. Okay. Uh, totally with you on the mac and cheese. Great call. Uh, but you're right. Some, some families, some regions, they just don't do it, but I think they should do it. Uh, okay. The stuffing, is there apples in the stuffing? No, not the one, not my family recipe. Okay. Uh, obviously I'm not going to disparage your, your grandmother. I uh, stuffing, I, I don't think you can have a bad kind of stuffing. Uh, the stuffing that I tend to like more than others uh, like I never had apples in stuffing until maybe like a few years ago. And it's like, Oh, this is, this is like a nice little wrinkle. Love that. Love the Brussels sprouts. Uh, what I'm taking from this is you really like bacon and everything. Just if, if you could put bacon in, it's like bacon in your Turkey. It's like, Oh, wh what a great idea. <laughs> Can't go wrong with bacon. Exactly. Throw it in the apple pie. I would eat it. So I, I could, I could see that. All right. On, on the pies, uh, Pumpkin pie, sweet potato pie. It, I think that's got to be number one. Um, I can't really taste much of a difference between sweet potato pie and pumpkin pie. I just don't have the uh, the palate sophistication. But I, you know, anyone who prefers one over the other, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Cherry pie. For me, that's like, uh, that's probably the number one every day of the year other than Thanksgiving. Um, but a very strong number two for me. Anytime cherry pie is available, I'm having multiple slices of it. And then number three, pecan pie. And do you say pecan or pecan? Uh, pecan. Pecan. Maybe yeah. that's more Northern Southern thing. Pecan, pecan. Yeah. Uh, absolutely bourbon. Like I'd say like bourbon, like that's the key recipe on, on the pecan pie, having bourbon in there. And uh, yeah, absolutely love that. And then apple pie, can't go wrong with that. I know I'm throwing in apple pie as the, the fourth one. I'm going to say uh, further down the list, but still uh, in the top 10, peach pie. Totally love peach pie, but uh, sometimes not really thought of as a Thanksgiving pie. But I, I think you can have peach pie any time of the year. Dead last, absolute dead last, mincemeat pie. Don't even bring that stuff anywhere near me. The idea of having meat in pie and serving that as a dessert is blasphemous. Uh, have you ever had mincemeat pie? No, and I have no interest in trying it. It looks disgusting. Yeah, it, it sounds disgusting and it looks worse. Uh, so, it, what, And what kind of meat is in a mincemeat pie? Like, what, what is that? I believe it's beef. Ugh. But, yeah. I mean, you know. I, I, I can't, uh, I can't vouch for that, but I'm pretty sure it's beef. Maybe it's a little bit of dealer's choice. <sighs> okay. A, a worthy, a worthy last place finisher. No yeah, question. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Fitz, uh, I hope you have a great time stuffing your face on Thanksgiving and, and watching some football and pretending, uh, not to be annoyed by the people who are talking to you while, uh, football is being played. Um, tell the people everything that you have going on for the rest of the week at fantasy pros and betting pros. 
Yeah, so it's going to be much the same schedule as usual, rankings, updates, a Twitter takeover on Sunday, but there is also going to be a special Twitter takeover on Thanksgiving morning from, I believe, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time when I'm going to jump in and answer start sit questions for people who, uh, you know, I'll take any start sit questions, but some people got to make those tough calls on the Thanksgiving Day players, so I'll be happy to help with that true man of the people you are fit uh, all right thanks for joining us i'm matthew freeman matt at the oracle check out betting pros and fantasy pros for all my work best bets player props fantasy favorites player projections and rankings and more the best bets episode usually on thursday will come out on friday this week that's going to do it for this week 12 thanksgiving edition of the betting pros podcast if you like the show please rate and review on your favorite podcast app thanks for tuning in good luck happy thanksgiving and see you next episode